HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Heavy Metal Day, Kalu Kalei, can you dig it? Hail Satan! Must be Satan responsible for this beautiful weather. It's getting near Halloween and it feels like summer. That is some seriously dark magic. I'll tell you what else, uh, Dean Risper's dark magic is this slushy. Yeah. I'm starting to uh, wonder, is this what Alzheimer's is going to feel like? One hopes so. so. I would hope so, yeah. All right. We are joined today with the heavy metal kids. I cannot believe how lucky we are to have these face melters and shredders with us. Stars of radio and, and and the printed page of dying art. We are really selling heavy metal today as the smart man's medium never been attempted anywhere before another first for arts and seizure we are we're very progressive here we came out against sexual harassment poverty uh, air pollution uh, many 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 things long before the, death to false metal yeah and death yes. to false metal and you know what True. Catherine? corporate rock still sucks that's True. right i'm here with dean rispler hi all hi, right god of hi. thunder Bass player for the famous Dick Band, formerly known as the Dictators, and current star of Gimme Radio, the heavy metal radio station. Yes. Yes, and going quite it. well. All right, and once again, uh, the beautiful Catherine Terman is here, who produces Nights with Alice Cooper, the second greatest radio show of all time. Uh, also co-author of Louder Than Hell, which is the heaviest book of all time. Also, it- also... Uh, DJ on Gimme Radio and, as well. And soon to be an emerging star yes, on Gimme Radio. Yes, thanks to one Mike Edison. The connection was made. A shittick. That's it. 
I love this. You know, if you make three shittics, you get to go to heaven, or at least that's what my grandma used to tell me. And now we're also doing a special star tuner, making her radio debut here at Arts and Seizures. It's Julie Turley, the heavy metal librarian. Yay! I told you. This is, this is head, head banging for smart people. This is, how, this is how you can bang your head and not destroy your brain. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. I'm just here to do some deep database searching that anyone might need. <laughs> Julie is a very legit librarian representing um, a very uh, expensive East Coast university. <laughs> um, and uh, we're going to be joined a little bit by our friend Mike McPadden calling in from Chicago, but though he's a Brooklyn boy, author of uh, Best Heavy Metal Books, just to name but one. Well, this is great. I can't believe we're here. Question. I feel like John McLaughlin on the old John McLaughlin report. Not intermounting flame. Is, is he? Is he? Is that metal? <laughs> no, but but yeah, definitely definitely has an influence on some of those. Metal. Uh, so I want to talk about musical bigotry. Yeah, I want to talk, you know divisive politics of music. It seems yes. very timely. Is metal still in the ghetto? Uh, some of it is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, there are there are. Uh, there are unfortunately ignorant people all around the world. <laughs> so you're going to find bands that are ignorant in uh, metal and punk and hardcore who are uh, definitely uh, uh, definitely not, they don't have their shit together. And, they, you know, there's, there, there's, there's national socialist black metal bands and there's <laughs> national socialist oi bands and well, uh, skinhead I'm re- bands. I'm really getting to it. Punk used to be the, the you know, the red-haired orphan of the musical world yes. and people would make fun of it for its incompetence and general yes. lack of uh, content, you know, of yes. intellectual content. Um, but punk sort of grew up. Punk is now considered art and hip and people are now claiming punk roots that they never even had. Yeah, yeah, but I mean... <laughs> Has that, that happened with metal? I don't know. Well, yeah, I, th- I think so. I, th- I, think, I think there's definitely uh, an art to metal and that there are bands that are considered artists and, and doing their own art. The, the thing is, with with all extreme music, there's always going to be reactionaries, and like with punk, with punk, when punk came out, it was like a, it it was a reactionary, like anti, you know, like fuck society, fuck politics, fuck everybody. We want to do what we want to do, anarchy, you know, all that kind of stuff. And of course, there was a reactionary movement against that, like a skinhead reactionary movement that was like. No, uh, we're all about fascism. <laughs> so so that's, that, what, that's what unites us. Yeah. So well, that's that's the same thing that happened in metal. I, I mean, mean, there's there's bands that are like there's there's bands that are totally metalheads. I knew back in the day hated the Ramones because they said they couldn't play. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. But you know, I will say the fact that Julia is here, the scholarly side of metal is really surprising me. I I knew a, a, a kid in the last few years who was very into metal. He is also going to librarian school and. There does seem to be it's being addressed in conferences. It's it's getting a, a gravitas, yeah. I guess. There's more um, heavy metal scholarly literature every day. Um, I'm trying to contribute to that. Um, <clears throat> currently working on a paper on the heavy metal memoir, which I think is in its golden age. Um, there's just been a, been a proliferation of, of heavy metal memoirs, um, rock and roll memoirs, um, which are fascinating. Most of them are... Uh, rock and recovery memoirs that sort of follow the paradigm of addiction and recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, they're redemption stories. The behind the music formula. Yeah, I, yeah. exactly. Well, well, what's your favorite? I mean, the heavy well, me- you know I what? like that you claimed it to be the golden age of the heavy metal memoir. You know, I, w- I would agree. When when I got the book deal for Louder Than Hell on HarperCollins, uh, they'd just done the Dave Mustaine book. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were talking about, since my co-writer and I, John Wiederhorn, were in the, the middle of it, they're like, you know, who else can we get? They're like, can you reach out to Jason Newsted for me, whoever? But I, I feel like so m- they, they also felt that so many people had already done their books that it was almost reaching, you know, saturation. It, rock, rock, rock Biles, Rock Memoirs got very saturated very quickly, not just across metal, but I think after Keith Richards' book came out, there was a giant rush to sign people up. And mm-hmm. by the time... Um, I mean, it was great for Steve Tyler, and it was great for Ozzy, but after that, it started getting to people who weren't the front men who weren't house You mean someone in Godsmack? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if he's done it. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) You're the bass player in Coldplay. Yeah, yeah, the ball kind of rolled off the table. By the way, Ozzy's book, thumbs up. I thought Ozzy's book was incredibly funny. For a book that I had went in with, like, not the greatest expectations, not thinking that um, Ozzy was going to be a great man of letters, very, very funny book. Steven Tyler, by the way, not so much. He wrote it with... um, a very high-priced gunslinging uh, ghostwriter, and really tried to make the whole thing sound like in-between song patter, mm. and failed spectacularly. Uh, I haven't read either of those. And you I, know what? I just got. I was going to say. I just got the Bruce Dickinson one, and uh, I, I have to say, I opened right to the photos, and there were, you know, Bruce has not changed much over the years. But the thing is, I, I kind of looked for baby photos and marriage and kids, <laughs> and I didn't see it, and I was mm. bummed out. Maybe that's a female thing. So I flipped to the back to see if there was an index, and there was a little afterword from Bruce, like. We're not talking about children, relationships, divorces of anyone. I'm like, oh, not going to read it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My problem with memoirs generally is they they start too early and end too late. (laughs) Yeah, we we need the halcyon days of the sex and drugs. It's it's like, like, you know, if I'm going to read the Guns N' Roses book, I kind of really just want to know about, like, you know, the period of, like, say, you know, 1985 to maybe 1989. Do not care what you did before. (laughs) Don't give a fuck what you did after. (laughs) Wait, which Guns N' Roses book? There isn't an official one, is there? How many Guns N' Roses books actually are there at this point? Well, you know, Slash has his own own memoir. Duff has his own memoir. Um, Stephen Adler. Yeah, those I mean, those are recovery books, right? Yeah, Duff and uh, Duff's, Steve. Uh, yes, Duffs and Slashes definitely are, and, and Stephen Adler's and Stephen too, I think. Yeah, but it's kind of a notorious He's not really. He's, I think he's still struggling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was the only one See, of those three. That's on what Duff. I want. I want the drug book without the recovery part. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. <it> was, <laughs> Why does Heavy Metal have to have a happy ending? Isn't that kind of... And, 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 is this the it didn't... For, hey, wait, Lemmy's book, White Line Fever. No happy ending. He right. died still drinking and presumably doing drugs and a sad ending because he's gone, but a good life because he didn't... Uh, he never compromised his... Yeah. Exactly. I, I mean, I he switched from Jack and Coke to OJ and I mean, vodka. I mean, that's a compromise I mean, it, that I'm in. It's tragic... Yeah, I mean, but, but let me die. I mean, it's not a surprise. He, he, he switched to vodka for health reasons mm-hmm. and yeah. never stopped yeah. staying wired the whole time. I mean, right. Lemmy's a hero. I think that's a good way to go. I think so. I, I think, think it's so. what he wants. I think it's how he wanted his story to end in that. In that I, I, I think it's, it's quite perfect, actually. Speaking of booze, we took a poll to find out what was the most heavy metal wine, and the answer came back resoundingly Jack Daniels. Okay. As we call it now, the Lemmy. <laughs> uh, that being said, though, uh, what is the most heavy metal wine? I ask because you've been hanging out with Maynard uh, at James of Tool, right? Yeah, the interesting thing is he lives in Arizona, which is Man not James a great wine-growing region, but ma- he's managed to make some really wonderful wines. I don't know if he is the winemaker, and I think he names them all after relatives. I just got a bottle, I think, named after his grandmother. I can't So how was it? Was it, was it um, it's really good. potable? It, very much <laughs> so. I, I think he's actually serious about it, where there's other people. I think Mustaine Mustaine's really serious about it. I met is Mustaine, he? I met Mustaine a few weeks ago. Oh, okay. I trained him for becoming a DJ radio. on Gimme Radio. Wait, so you, tra- you trained Mustaine? Yes. I, okay, I want to read your memoir, Training Mustaine. I know. Um, let's just say I was really happy when we left. <laughs> I'm not going to go any deeper into that. But Mustaine was very serious. First, we got there, and he gave us Megadeth beer. 
He has his own Megadeth beer. That company Unibrow from uh, up in uh, they're Quebec. Good. They're actually you know, really you know, good. You know, Quebec, they make the La Fin du Monde, the uh, Modite, and a couple other Unibrow beers. B R O U E. Yeah, I don't. I think that's. Yeah, I don't know. I think. Well, either way. He, we had a, a, a Megadeth, Megadeth beer, which was pretty awesome. And then he would talked about his wines and how, like, they're all doing amazing. And he's like, oh, well, you know, if you're going to, the way I look at it is if you're going to do something, do it right. So I, I understood that. And supposedly his wines are getting great reviews. And Will that work not. for his radio show, the do it right concept? Is that. Um, I, 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 I have a feeling we're going to have to hire more lawyers after his show. Because it's all oh, Lars he's, James, he's, Lars James. No, it's no? even, it's. The shit he was talking about, ooh, about other people. That's it was great. Want, it was great. That's what we want to no, hear. it's great. I can't get into it, but it's great. It's All right, great. <laughs> that's excited. on Gimme Radio. So tell me about Gimme Radio. Well, Gimme Radio is uh, um, if you go to gimmeradio.com, you could sign up for free. It's no ads, no subscriptions. It's twenty four hours, seven days a week of heavy metal. Awesome. We have Catherine has a show. I have a show. We have Randy Blythe from uh, Lamb of God has a show. We have uh, Will Carroll from Death Angel. Uh, Dave Mustaine has a show coming up soon. We got um, uh, Ross the Boss from Man of War and Dictators and Ross the Boss Band. We have Johan Hegg from Amanda Marth. Uh, it's a cavalcade of stars. It, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. More stars than there are in the sky. Yeah. Got a lot of writers like Catherine, uh, uh, Boz from uh, Decibel. Uh, Albert from Decibel is going to be chiming well, I, in. I heard you saying before, though, you were talking to Catherine about a show, and you, and you said, well, that stuff you're playing isn't metal. I heard you say that. Yes. Yes, there is, some, the air, there, is, the there is some. There is some. There is some stuff getting played, once right. in a while. Well, which begs the question: Rage Against the Machine, metal or not, Julie? Metal. I mean, you know, why? Why should See? we? Why can't metal no. be a big tent? It, you could, know? it could be. I mean, it falls under the metal tent, but huh. it's just like, I don't know. I just want everything to be. I, I don't want everything to be to be the same on that. Fascist. On, on, I don't know. I don't want it to be like that way. And I want there to be different stuff. It just. Um, I just don't like Rage Against the Machine, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> all have our preferences. Yeah. I just don't like it. Well, what, do you, what do you think like when metal, like metal bands like uh, go kind of pop? I like mean, the weird thing, like, listen, speaking of like, you know, bigotry and decisiveness, definitely when we grew up, you were a metalhead, you were a punk. Um, yeah. You know, I felt like I always got caught sort of between a rock and a hard place. I never liked certain heavy metal growing up. We've talked about this, yeah, you we, know, well, a lot. Judas Priest I, and the new wave of yeah. British heavy metal. I never liked that. But I love Deep Purple and, yeah. and we all get along on Motorhead and Black Sabbath, my yeah, all-time yeah. favorite. And yeah. certainly Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, if you consider that metal. Yes. But yeah, that's where, I, that's where I am. Yes. Well, the, the reason I like Catherine's show is because she plays a lot of like L.A. glam stuff mm -hmm. that I want to hear on there. I want to hear... Pretty Boy Floyd. I want to hear Black and Blue. I want to hear Bang Tango. I want to hear that stuff on the radio because because it's it's, a, it's another Johnny Crash, it's, it's Little Caesar, a, yeah, it's Junkyard. Little Caesar. The, li the librarian was going nuts for Bang Tango. Sea Hags, sea Hags, right? Sea Hags, yes. Salty Dog, yes. And it, like like bands like that. Like th some of those songs are great, and I I like you know I was not a hair metal fan growing up, but some of those songs are great, and it's great to hear them back in the you know. In, in retrospect, some of it just sounds like pop music, though. I mean, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I, you know, and I hate to, to, I don't want to sound sexist, but those were the bands no, no, that, that girls were really drawn yeah, to. Of course. Poison, the, the, the hair, Cinderella, yes, Britney Fox. Because yeah. girls because, like bands that look like girls. Well, yeah, they were sharing, they were sharing hair products on the yeah. road. Yeah, and in fact, that Salty Dog song, uh, I think, Come Along, I think the line is, Sweet little baby, she's my hot dog bun. 
So oh, that's yeah. that's not sexist, very, very right? Bl- <laughs> What's well, being sexy? Yeah. Being sexy, nothing wrong. With it's being a fine sexy. line. Between the fine well, line. Yeah. And what, what is it about heavy metal though? That the tropes of heavy metal are definitely there's like a, like a, the violent sexuality and a lot of leather. Well, it depends what you're what you're listening to. Dean's wearing leather now. Am I? We're all wearing leather. Somewhere. For those of you in Radio no, Land, not. Not. this is the hottest group of people we've ever had. But, <laughs> but none more than the heavy metal librarian, of course. Um, we're going to take a break. But before we do, Dean, I want to give a moment up to your friend in Celtic Frost. We yeah. Just yeah, I found out this morning that uh, Martin Ain from Celtic Frost and Hellhammer, he uh, died uh, yesterday at the age of 50, had a heart attack. Fucking great guy, like awesome guy, like totally cool. I met him uh, with my friend Eric Keller out in uh, Lucerne, Switzerland. They came to see the Dictators play. Martin was a huge Dictators fan, and he gave me tons of Celtic Frost, Celtic Frost shirts, and uh, some other stuff. And he's, uh, I sent him toys. He's a big toy collector. I sent him all these like rare toys and stuff. Like, like so marital aids and rubber goods? No, nothing like that. Nothing <laughs> like that. More like, you know, like Japanese toys and weird toys, collectibles and stuff. So, uh, uh, but he's, uh, he was a great guy, 50 years old, too young, too young to go, but uh, he left a great legacy. Hellhammer and Celtic, Fr- uh, Celtic Frost will always be All right, well, let's listen to some Celtic Frost, and uh, you listen to Arts and Seizures. It's Heavy Metal Day. Can you dig it? This is Mike Edison with the greatest group of all time. Let's spin Celtic Frost. We're coming back with author and star Mike McPadden. We'll be back in one second here on Arts and Seizures. Yeah. Dig it back here on Arts and Seizures. That's right. That's Dean Ristler, the God of Thunder. We're here with Catherine Terman and, of course, the heavy metal librarian, Julie Turi. And you know what? Um, Dean, that, that sounds across. That sounds like a lot of the, the hardcore bands, the thrash bands, uh, punk rock bands, the CBGB's oh, yeah. bands totally. that I was listening to. And that line between totally. punk rock and heavy metal is a fine one. But back in the day, I remember when bands started going over to the dark side, they would be accused of selling out because they were starting to sound too metal, getting away from the yep. 77 oh, formula. Yeah. Totally. But, totally. Uh, I like all that stuff. Because I like, I'm a huge metalhead. I grew up a metalhead. So, and then, and th- when I was 13, I bought a Dead Kennedys record. Because I kept reading all these uh, interviews with metal bands and how they were trying to get faster and faster and faster. And I, that's what I was into. I was into Motorhead, Venom, 
Metallica, anything that was faster and faster. And I, all these guys were like, oh, yeah, we listened to the Misfits and Discharge and Dead Kennedys and, you know, Slayer. All Slayer was like, oh, yeah, we listened to Dead Kennedys. Like, oh, I, I should, you know, I was 13 years old. I was, gonna, I was like, I got to start buying hardcore records and punk rock. <laughs> That's, and then I was like, you know, that, that complete, I, my life was already ruined by then, but that just sent me down the rabbit hole. But Metallica sort of put the Misfits over with the metal crowd, right? They did. They did, but I I was already into Misfits yeah. before that. Hey, I'm from New Jersey, man. It was Misfits country. I, hey, I'm sorry. Well, speaking sorry. of Misfits, <laughs> well, you're, you're you're from Long Island, which is an oddly no, weird I'm, place. I'm, to like... I am originally from where our next guest, Mike McPadden, is Brooklyn, from. New York, from Sheepshead Bay, County of Kings, Brooklyn. Home, and home of Roland Roaster. I was going to say, speaking of Halloween and Misfits, next week, don't you have a Halloween show, which we could all be part of, too, but we're not. I, I, I love you, Kat, for pitching you. Everybody here is welcome, because it's a big tent here. But yes, that's next week. We've got Emmy Award-winning makeup artist Lucy O'Reilly is going to give you Woo! Halloween tips. I hear she's cool. And also, <laughs> one of our favorites, the Rosie Shap, former cocktail columnist for the New York Times, and a very witchy woman is going to join that us job. for the ultimate, yeah, ultimate Halloween show. Also, Pizza Rumble will be back next week. But... First, right now. right now, right here, right now, and right everything, right now. <laughs> We've got all the way from Chicago, Illinois, calling back to the County of Kings. It's our friend Mike McPadden, author of If You Like Metallica, Heavy Metal Movies, and many, many more. That was my Joe Franklin voice, Mike. Many, many more. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> much appreciated, I'm... and I'm very much starving over the uh, reference to Roland Roaster. Right <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, Mike. I'm sorry, Mike. I, I, yeah, I, I I'm from Flatbush. Oh, I, I grew up by, you, over by Brooklyn College. Oh, I thought you grew up in uh, in Sheepshead Bay. I mean, I spent enough time there. <laughs> uh, as you said, that was Roland Roaster country. So, yeah. so which is more metal, Brooklyn or Queens? Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, definitely. Yeah, it's Brooklyn because of uh, Sir Lord Baltimore. And Lamore. Lamore. Yes. Lamore. So, yeah. Zigzag, right? zigzag yeah. Records. Yeah, Zigzag Records on uh, Avenue. Was it T or U? U. Anyway, well, we are the, the U, yeah. We are the County of Kings. Yes. So, Mike, we've got uh, Julie here, the heavy metal librarian. I thought this was a good opportunity for you, great author. I'm joining our other great author here, Kat. Uh, what's Hi. your favorite heavy metal book? And you being the author of many of them, don't name one of your own or do. <laughs> Who, who's, who's Mike McPadden? What's your favorite heavy metal book? Did we lose him? Did we lose Me? Mike? Yeah, yeah oh, Mike. We know it's early, uh, but come my on. My favorite heavy metal book is my own. Yes, of course. Uh, of course, and then followed by Catherine's book. Aww. And I mean that most sincerely. Well, her book is heavier than, than yours is. And if you disagree, you just don't know the math. That is like three fucking pounds. <laughs> Actually, like 2.2, yeah. but... <laughs> uh, I wonder well, if you put our books together if it would add up to 6.66 pounds. Oh, <laughs> or if they would have a baby and That's then we wouldn't have to... That's an experiment we should do on the air. I think you should write another book and get it up to 7.14. Yo. Oh. <laughs> or, uh, or a 420 Well, book, Mike, you maybe. did write the book on heavy metal movies. What is the best heavy metal movie? Uh, the best heavy metal movie is This is Spinal Tap, which oh. is also my favorite comedy of all time. It is the good. And yeah. oddly, heavy metal not known for being funny, generally speaking. No, no, just the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of room, especially early on. I mean, now, you know, as you, as you guys were talking about, like all the walls have come down. There really is nothing that separates punk, hardcore metal, and uh, thrash, and Lady Gaga. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 all just it's all just hard rock, and uh, as it should have always been. But I guess they had to develop on their own. And uh, my, you know, I came to it through punk, and as I wrote about it, if you like Metallica, another fine book. Um, I was uh, hanging out by Washington Square Park when I was seventeen, listening to some punk rock cassettes on a Walkman, and a. Uh, 
most alluring punk girl walked by in a Metallica T-shirt, and I walked up to Tower Records and bought Ride the Light. <laughs> There that, you go. That's that's by the way. That's how decisions used to be made. Yes. Pre-internet. Yeah. Pretty girl, T-shirt equals record sales. Yes. Wait, but I have to ask, what about people who you see now wearing an Iron Maiden or Judas Priest shirt, and you don't think they like the band, and it's a fashion thing? How do we? Oh feel? my God! Yes. They, they, well, they, they got it's it. Ubiquitous. Yeah. They got it at Old Navy. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. And I got to think about people who buy yeah. clothing that's already distressed. Mm-hmm. You know, like like somebody buys like a guitar that's already distressed. Yeah. You got to yeah. earn yeah. that shit. Yeah. You know, it's like like buying jeans that are already ripped. It makes no fucking sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Uh, no, you see a lot of, like, Pink Floyd shirts and Rolling Stone shirts, you know. Like, dude, but there are the, there. the sheer amount of uh, Misfits and Ramon shirts yeah. that you see where the owner of the shirt, the wearer of the shirt, has no idea right. what, they're, what they're wearing. The Ramones, Jesus Christ, and the Misfits, both ubiquitous. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's something really offensive to me about the, the spanking clean Ramones t-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that. I bought I bought my first Ramones T-shirt. I think I was like forty five years old. I had never had one. And I was I was I was at the um, uh, leukemia benefit for uh, uh, um, Johnny uh, Johnny Ramone, right? Yeah. Um, and I thought, okay, the money. I never owned a uh, Ramones shirt, but I, I mean, I washed it. And I wore it about five thousand times before it came out of the house. I decided, I mean, it was five, by that time I was forty eight. By that time I was forty eight before it was ready. And, and, and you know, I, we played with the Ramones numerous times back in the day, but for some reason, I never owned a Ramones shirt. Yeah. The first time I saw you, Mr. Edison, was it uh, uh, was it Vassar? Oh my God! Yeah, Char- you, you were at Char- that gig. machine opened for the Ramones. Our fr- I, you, you talk about that as a legendarily terrible show. I thought it was great to the point that I remembered you and was thrilled <laughs> when Peter Landau introduced us we, like six months later. We were harshly booed off the stage. That's a tough gig opening for the Ramones, especially at a college, because they, the kids there—they're not real punks. They don't really want. They're not there for anything but to be, see the Ramones and to say they saw the Ramones. The colleges were very weird. Place opening up the Ramones, it was a lot of fuck you. But the first note, the first fucking note, there were like shoes flying at us. I mean, fucking shoes. Hey, <laughs> but nice shoes, like like Vassar <laughs> shoes, Vassar shoes, like 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 topsiders, yeah, yeah nice, nice shoes, Sperry's, loafers, um, Sperry's, uh, J Crew, <laughs> nice nice shoes. With the pennies in them, you get hit with a penny would pop out of the loafer. <laughs> yeah, the ultimate frisbee team was like there ready to kick our asses. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I, I appreciate my response that way. How long did we last before we actually went down on just like a hail of debris? It was a, that was a tough night. Um, it was, you know, it was uh, it was the better part of fifteen minutes. I'm going <laughs> to say you made it past ten. Well, I've I've had entire relationships that didn't last that long that I consider very successful. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the scariest? Heavy metal band Halloween's coming up, and we're talking about the Misfits, who hardly qualifies heavy metal, although they've kind of dallied a little bit with in like post Danzig versions of it. And Danzig himself was sort of is Danzig heavy metal. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I yes, say. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I will say I was at the. Is American- Johnny Cash heavy metal? No, but Danzig writes for Johnny Cash, or sort of. Well, <laughs> that's all right though. See that my grave kept clean. That doesn't sound like metal to you. No. <laughs> no. I'm really trying to I'm trying to stretch it because well I was going to bring up Marilyn Manson because I was at the show in oh. New York where he was injured on stage, and it's funny a lot of people are like he's a pussy he didn't get hurt blah blah blah, uh, but I don't know if you guys saw no this, he went all, he went out on a stretcher yes right? he did he did yeah and that was scary but so was he he's definitely Halloweeny he I think he has something. He does a This Is Halloween, which might be in a Tim Burton movie. It might be Nightmare Before I don't know. But uh, I, I was looking for shows, I mean, for songs to play for Alice Cooper's Halloween show. And I, I'm playing some cramps. It's exciting because it's a commercial 
FM radio station I could awesome. get. And who would have seen the day when the cramps were going to be played? Did someone tell me they heard the cramps uh, on like a beer commercial or uh, a commercial oh, or something like yeah. a cruise or, no, I, or a couch or someone, some goddamn someone I'll go on that cruise. <laughs> someone told me recently they heard a cramp song on a commercial, and I, I recently heard... I want to destroy you by the soft boys on a yeah. on a subway on a subway sandwich ad. It's a subway commercial. A we subway commercial. Our, our jaws hit the floor yeah. here in Chicago. Yeah. It was insane. It's insane. It's well, insane. I think a lot of people that were fans when we were fans, people our, our age are now people who have some. We're now like one for like ad, you know, companies and yeah. our, our creatives yeah. and have some sort of degree of power to say. You know, hey, you know that Iggy Pop guy? Maybe we all should give him another look. I think I might be mistaken, but I think Howie Pyro from uh, the Blessed and Degeneration, I think he had something to do with when uh, some company used the Speedies. I want to take your photo for a commercial. I think he had something to do with that. I think Spe- speaking of our friend Howie Pyro, I should also plug our show next week at the Bowery Electric. It's the Cramps Tribute Night, part of the Sally Can't Dance series. I will be returning to reprise my role as the Crusher. It's very the exciting. Crusher. That's right. Go. So don't show wow. up unless you want to get eye gouged. Wow. All right. That's October 26th. And Howie is going to be a DJ, and it will be... Uh, a cavalcade of stars once again. Uh, before we go, I wanted to ask the heavy metal librarian. You, you, uh, you're from Utah, but, you know, not exactly the fertile heavy metal stomping ground of Long Island and Brooklyn and New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> how did how did you find all of this Satan's music? Um, well, you know, Salt Lake City was a major stopping point for um, nationally and internationally touring bands. I saw many, many bands go through Salt Lake City. The Salt Palace was a, a, a an excellent venue to see. Uh, and how did the Mormon elders feel about these satanic well, bands? You know, I when, was, when Warren came riding through, <laughs> fucking their beast. Well, I was raised Mormon, and and heavy metal and rock—that was my only vice. It was my only allowable vice. I had to be super into music because I was kept from every everything else. You know. Yeah. So, well, are there Mormon heavy metal bands? Uh, there are heavy metal bands whose members are Mormon, okay. but they don't, they, they, they're not thematic. So not Mormon. like a Christian rock? Like no, absolutely Striper. not. But, but no, there's, there, I'm doing a book right now, an oral history on the Salt Lake City punk scene in the 80s, and there was a very vibrant scene then. Two of the uh, members of the most famous band that came out of that scene, the Massacre Guys, are now in the Descendants. So they were recruited from Salt Lake City to be in, in this Los Angeles band. And there was the movie SLC Punk, which I saw recently. Yeah, you know, I everybody hate everybody in Salt Lake City who lived through the scene hates that movie because it makes the it makes us look really stupid. We were very smart. <laughs> Once again, it's been the fastest half hour on the radio today. Can you dig it? Uh, I want to thank all of our guests. Mike McPadden calling in from Chicago. Get his book, Heavy Metal Movies, I Like Metallica, and many, many more. It's Mike McBeardo. McPadden, find him. Dean Whisper, star of star of stage and now radio. GimmeRadio.com. Yes. 24-hour-a-day metal. Yeah. Okay? FaceShreddingForFree.com. Yes. Gimme yes. Radio. And, of course, Catherine Terman is already the star of radio with... Uh, with the unruly Alice Cooper. I think that kid's got something. I think someday he's going to make it. We'll see, we'll see. Speaking of scary, he practically invented it. He did, and carries on. He gets his head chopped off every night. And speaking of Alice Cooper, next week we're going to have Lucille Riley on giving makeup tips. The Emmy Award-winning makeup artist Lucille Riley giving you makeup tips. I was laughing before when we were laughing about um, yeah, the New York Dolls. Like, I always love the line, I think it was Lisa Robinson said, they passed the mascara around like other bands passed around joints. Yes. And that's maybe where it all started. <laughs> Thanks again to Julie Turley, the heavy metal librarian. Please come back. 
I would love to come back. Okay, this is the smartest half hour on the radio today. Can you dig it? We'll be back next week with Rosie Shop, Lucy Raleigh for Halloween. It's Mike Dennis, Martin, Caesars. Can you dig it? See you. We're going out. Wait, wait, Dean, we're going to play your band before we go. What are we going to hear? What are we going to hear? A song by Cosmo Demonic. All right. I don't know what song. Cosmo Demonic. That's starring Dean Rispler. Here we go. See you guys.
for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.